Today on Locked On Red Wings, after a rough 11-game stretch where Detroit won just three games. We are they, so back. They have now won three straight. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On NHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Scotty, happy Monday. Happy Monday. And uh, it almost feels unfair, right, Scotty? Like, Red Wings had played two, one in particular, really, really good game, and second, the second of which there were some problems with, but still a really, really good game overall for a three-game win streak. And we have to break both those games down in a 30-minute episode where they, let's be honest, we could get a whole episode out of either of those games because it was a fun weekend here in uh, Red Wings land. Yeah, man. No, two great games. I, uh... I know I we talk about it all fair all the time, but like I do, you know, during the summer, I'm uh, my my Monday shows on the Tigers are are three games in uh, in one episode. So this is uh, it's it's normal, but doesn't make it any less difficult because there's a lot of good that happened, man. We're, vibes are high. The boys are rolling. I mean, that Bruins game feels like it was a forever ago, right? Yeah, it's I like mean, holiday ish time, too, which certainly doesn't help. Obviously, we because we record a day before, like we're recording this on Sunday for our Monday episode. We don't record on Friday after a game, and because that game happened at one o'clock, it yeah. literally feels like like you got on here, and I was like, "Yeah, we got to talk about the, the Bruins game too." He's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about I that." I literally <laughs> forgot that we had to recap two games today until about fifteen minutes before we got on air. So and so. I mean, what a great weekend, though. Nonetheless, I mean, starting with the Boston Bruins game, I mean, that is a team that to that point had that only had one regulation loss in the season to the Detroit Red Wings mm-hmm. in total, yeah. but the one came to the Red Wings. And so we talk about it. Like you go in, obviously we're thinking, I mean, there's probably a little internal bias that you think the Red Wings are most likely going to lose that game. I felt they were most likely going to lose that game because the Bruins are a really good team. They're rolling. But again, the Red Wings just go out there and play like such a complete team game. I really felt like they carried over that philosophy they had against the Devils of creating low event hockey, keeping the shots for the most part to the outside and just bring a lot of pressure to force turnovers. So, I mean, because the Bruins had 11 giveaways in this game that it really helped the Red Wings get on top of the Boston Bruins. And to that point, I know they lost the very next day to the New York Rangers in a pretty ugly fashion, but the Red Wings just did so well to bring it to the Boston Bruins and punch them in the mouth. And when Boston punched them, they punched them back in the mouth. It was only the second time all year the Bruins had given up five goals in a single game. And again, the only other time against the Detroit Red Wings. So that is such a big momentum builder and confidence booster for this Red Wings squad after a really good game against the Devils two nights before. Yeah, I I really do think that like snuffing out momentum was the name of the game for like the Bruins. Like every single time they had 
something go their way, the Red Wings almost immediately responded and kind of even the playing field or just like took a step forward. Uh, I, I think some something you said in there, I think, is really important. And it's it, it's something that when we brought Lalone in, it was, you know, how what's his philosophy going to be? What's his X's and O's like strategy going to be for this team going forward? And it was a lot of not necessarily like pure defensive. I don't know if I'd call it that, but I think that it is low event hockey. And that's something that that you just said in there. And I think that the last three games has like kind of perfectly epitomized what Lalone is like trying to accomplish here. And obviously the, the wings aren't going to win out and like the, the, they're going to have, you know, like bumps in the road. The, the, not everything is all just like sunshine and rainbows because of a three game win streak. Um, but I, I do think that in a vacuum, these three games is exactly what Newsy's been trying to accomplish since game one here and what he wants to on an even more uh, on an even like bigger scale, what he wants this team to look like going forward. It's it's not the the flashiest, prettiest brand of hockey, but it gives you a fighting chance no matter who you play every single night. And the goal is to well, the, the goal, no pun intended. The the objective is to uh, is to I was gonna say create as few events as possible, but then like not create any events. Like that is that is the goal. The the fewest amount of events that that you are giving up, whether it's super high danger, medium danger, whatever, that is the the philosophy uh going forward. And I really think that they have just like dang near perfectly uh epitomized that strategy and that mindset so far in these last three games and i mean to emphasize that point in the entirety of the game the bruins only had four high danger attempts four high danger shots in the entirety of the game and only one of those came at even strength so the other three came on special teams yeah red wings only gave up one even strength high danger shot against the boston bruins that is incredible systems hockey, if I've ever seen it. And, you know, during that, it's crazy because they were, we talked about it. They were three, five, and three. And we had this, you know, a week ago, we were having a conversation about how this team's frustrating and it doesn't seem like it's going it, to, like, this team's got it. And now suddenly they win three straight again. And I know you were talking about they're suddenly back up in the top ends of every category. Yeah. The, the power play got going in this game as well. And they had one game, they had one goal against the, New Jersey Devils, one power play goal against the New Jersey Devils. That was the Mort Sider one uh, that was deflected by the Devils defender. They had three in this game. Right off the bat, uh, JT Comfort deflects a Shane Gossespierre. And oh my God, Shane Gossespierre had himself a weekend. Great six points this weekend. Uh, Specifically, we'll talk about the Minnesota Wild game in a little bit. (laughs) But I mean, Gossespierre redirected that shot by JT Comfort. Uh, And Dylan Larkin, I'm uh, I'm sorry, there's only two power play goals in this game, not three. But then Dylan Larkin's power power play goal, which was again, one of those punchbacks I was talking about. Heinen had just scored to bring it within one in the third period. And I'm thinking, Oh no, don't blow this game. And then Larkin from conference, Shane Gossett's bear, the same, same trio pretty much came and answered back in the third period. So that power play finally got rolling. So like creating low event hockey and taking advantage of your special teams, like that is the recipe for success for this Red Wings team. Cause let's be honest. Well, it was nice during that three, five and 11, three, five and three stretch that they were, keeping the Corsi and the five-on-five metrics close, this team is going to find its most amount of their success on the special teams. Yeah, well, and and that's, you know, you mentioned it a little bit there, but 
Um, like obviously the the special teams, both sides of the special teams, by the way, the penalty kill it, it also uh, was has been really solid in, in these last three games. And um, yeah, like we were talking about it off air before, but it's just it's so wild how quickly things can change in this league. You know, like we well, a week ago at this time we were doing. You know, like how how worried are we? How worried should people be? Like everybody, you know, like reply with how worried you are. And um, now, like when you look at like team stats, the Wings just after a three game win streak have now catapulted themselves back to being. And this is currently time this recording. There's games still going on. Obviously, there's going to be games on Monday that'll change a little bit too. But sixth in goals for a game, twelfth in goals against. Uh, that's seventh in point differential. 10th in power play percentage, back to a top 10 team in the power play, 15th in penalty kill, top half of the NHL, um, and back to 12th in save percentage after the, the last three games, the Wings are back to a team 900 save percentage, which they haven't even sniffed in, in weeks. Like, it's just... It's it's so fascinating how quickly th- this is uh, <laughs> this league, baby. It's crazy how, uh, how quick things change. I, I know Jay Fresh posted a graphic earlier in the uh earlier in the day on Sunday about the top teams in the league to the worst teams in the league uh in goals saved above expected team goals saved above expected and the Red Wings are still in plus territory and I was like how is that even possible because yeah. all we've seen was kind of shoddy goaltending with sprinkles of great starts um but I mean in this weekend in these th- this three game stretch as a whole i mean we've seen two great games from alex Lyon, especially the game against minnesota but i mean credit to Vili Huso, who's credit had a pretty Huso, rough start man. to the season overall he yeah. played great against minnesota wild i think a save percentage of 927 in that yeah. game i mean the red wings did a good job again of making sure the Huso shots he faced boston, right boston yes yeah of making sure the the sh- they did a good job making sure the shots he faced were like pretty low risk low danger yeah but i mean he still made 25 saves in that game he he, he showed up really again, played well yeah like you you know take take what's in front of you you know yeah. you don't apologize <laughs> you, for victories right right yeah like they take 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 what's handed to you man like if uh that that the goal of this defense should do consistently create again like i guess i'm, I'm just kind of reiterating and talking in circles but like the goal should be to have the least amount of events uh against you high danger, medium danger, whatever, just least amount, low event hockey, have your goalie do his job, walk out of there with a win, man. Absolutely. Keep it simple. Uh, we're we're going to take a quick break, and when we will, when, when we return, wow, I try to mesh all those words together into one, it doesn't we, work so well. And When we return, we will continue the conversation about both these games. Uh, great weekend for the Detroit Red Wings. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. If you run a small business, you're an army of one but you still need a CPA, bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and more. Let Collective take care of that paperwork while you take care of the business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that let you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over $80,000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering a one-month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash NHL and tell them Lockdown NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash NHL and tell them 
Locked On NHL sent you. One last time, that's collective.com slash Locked On NHL and tell them Locked On NHL sent you. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty, I also want to just give a quick shout out to the forward lines and like, I guess not so much the forward lines and this is a weekend as a whole, like even the three game stretch, but just Derek Lalonde and his bravery and in just absolutely getting the blender out. I mean, we've seen these four, Joe Valeno's top line winger, but what's crazy is, and I feel like if, as I'm watching all three of these games, those wingers continually rotate. And for the most part, these last two games, we have seen a consistency in those forward lines for sure. Like Joe Valeno is pretty much always on the top line to bring. It's almost always on the second line, but I feel like he got the blender out and it's worked really well. Getting comp off Comfer's wing, letting Comfer kind of take hold and be the, be that guy, that center for that second line has worked out wonderful, wonderfully all season long, but particularly after cop got off his wing Comfer has been fantastic. I mean, it doesn't, it takes, I, I, not to say it takes courage to break up to Brinkett and Larkin and really blend up the lines, but it clearly wasn't working. And I mean, obviously defense wasn't working as well. And we were criticizing the fact that defensive pairings really didn't see much shakeup, although they've played really good of late. So it shows how much we know. Right. But the offensive lines have been producing a ton. I mean, that's four goals, five goals, five, five goals, five goals and four goals in back to back to back games where the forward lines have completely been different than how they were the first part of the season. Yeah, man. And, and one of the reasons why we, I don't know if welcomed is the right word, but we were, we were fine with the shakeup was just because of the lack of like depth scoring down the lineup. And that's something we've been talking about for like seasons now, right? Like this is not a new issue with this hockey team. Something we talked about a lot last year. They didn't have a high-end goal scorer or depth scoring last the last couple of years. Now, like you go out, you get to brink it. The, the thought is that you have that high-end guy, but but you like you still need depth scoring. And I, I just I really think that this blender situation that the team is in, they kind of like the coaching staff at least kind of gets excited about. Like I compare it to and like we don't have to go down like a like a baseball rabbit hole here but like I compare it to like a bullpen game right like as a as a fan you usually look at a bullpen game and you go oh my goodness like we're just throwing away the game we're punting like we're gonna we're gonna lose the Tigers won like every single bullpen game they did this year because AJ Hinch loved it because he could play all the matchups he wanted I feel like this is somewhat similar to that where it's like you know what? Newsy's kind of like able to to play matchups a little bit more and gets to go, you know what? Instead of set lines, I'm going to see who they put out on the ice and then, you know, line change accordingly to like strengths and weaknesses. And like you, you kind of get to go on like who's got the hot stick right now in the, you know, halfway through the second period and who do I want to give more ice time because they look good. Like I, I feel like I feel like it's it's somewhat obviously it's not a one for one comparison, but I feel like it's somewhat similar in that regard. And I really think that not only is the coaching staff thriving, and clearly in the last three games has done a really good job of of utilizing everybody to the and putting them in like the situations that get the most out of them, but uh, th- that that takes like an open mind as a team too. Like I give a lot of credit to to the players. Like that's. That's something that obviously it's like some blending is just like a part of the game of hockey, but 
having it be as fluid as yeah. it's been is is something that it really takes like acceptance and and uh and like a team kind of mentality to to pull off on a consistent basis so i i agree with you i just i really want to give credit to like everybody involved and like again obviously that we're going to face our lumps again and we'll probably hit another you know rough patch at some point here um, but for now, it's it's just it's really nice to see everybody realizing, okay, something needs to change. We're down to change. Let's just like mess, you know, have this kind of blender thing and see what happens. I, I think I think that's a sign of a of a healthy and good team and coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, you look at these two games over the weekend, right? Like, first of all, I know Joe Valeno didn't get rewarded with any points against the Boston Bruins, but he had Shoot a hell of a the game. Puck, brother. Dude, okay, yes. Shoot the puck. If we're going to criticize Joe Valeno, dude, Valeno, Goodness. when you get the puck in the slot, like Gravy. in the hash marks in front of the goaltender, shoot the puck, don't look for a pass. But outside rip it of that. And rip it, my dog. Golly, he's having such a good year. And like, he, he still looks good out there. I'm, I'm glad yeah. he's getting top six minutes. I think he's deserved it. But goodness gracious, man. In, in the wild game, he had like two or three. Like, where he just, he, he had a great zone entry, got the puck into like a high danger opportunity, and then just like tried to pass it to somebody else. Just, but he looked really, I do think in the Bruins game, he looked fantastic. He didn't yeah. get reward with a score sheet, but like to go from fourth line C and what we were considering your 13th four, like not even getting consistent ice time on a prove it deal where you're making less than $900,000 a year to being a top line winger and looking comfortable on Dylan Larkin's wing with that yeah. speed that he has. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I've loved what I've seen out of Joe Valeno and it's worked with the other guys too. Like to had a goal and an assist against the Bruins. He, he picked the pocket of, uh, I'm going to butcher it again. I'm really sorry. And it's funny. I, I heard the name during the broadcast. I was like, stick with it. But uh, Pot Potras, Poitras, Poitras. Yeah. I'm going to butcher that. I'm really sorry. On the second one. I think you got it. Hopefully Bruins fans don't take my head off. I can barely like, pronounce the names of the players on my own team. Um, but <laughs> I have trouble picked, with Larkin, dude. Yeah. To bring it, picked his pocket, went down and scored. He got an assist on another goal too. So, I mean, he had a good game. Uh, Larkin had goals in back-to-back -back games. Lucas Raymond with a beautiful assist against the Wild as well as an assist against the Bruins. I mean, the shakeup has worked. The guys that you want to produce are beginning to produce again. So, I mean, it's it, credit where credit's due. I was very skeptical when they got the line blunder out for the forward lines, and it's worked. Also, just a side note, what is with the social media team on the Detroit Red Wings constantly tweeting out that the, the Christian Fisher line is line two on the starting lineup pictures, the graphics, he's a dog. Like, and so like, I've been like, okay, is this intentional? Like, are they trolling us? Cause I checked the box scores and they're always fourth line minutes. They get the least amount of minutes. And I know like those graphics don't really mean anything in terms of like lines one through four, but why is the Christian Fisher line consistently the last two games been listed as line two? It's the dog line. I guess. I get and Andrew Copline's listed as line four, and I'm like, that's not how the minutes have been dispersed. I don't know. I just it's sidebar. I, I just wanted to bring it up. It's wild to me. Um, speaking of the wild, we'll talk wild? about that game next <laughs> on Lockdown Red Wings. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. You don't you next thing you know, Shane Gossis Bear could have 82 points in 82 games. He's one behind point per game now after this crazy weekend he had. And the Red Wings could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is the number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can get 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. 
All you need to do is pick whether or not studs like Shane Goss despair or Lucas Raymond, or let's see here. Who else? Christian we got? Fisher. Who's cooking right now? David Perron will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, Haro minus more and Okay, calm down. To win 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, you and I have been talking mostly about the Bruins slash like overall vibes after uh, these these last two games. But let's talk a little bit specifically about the Minnesota game because there's a lot to break down in that game as well. I think overall, it's, it's weird. So the Red Wings got super heavily outshot attempted and super heavily outshot in this game. But I never really felt like the Red Wings were on their heels in this hockey game. And I think that's because there's a, a carryover of that good low event hockey that they've been doing. Now, obviously, 38 shot attempts against, getting out shot attempted as much as they did. Because I think the Minnesota Wild have like a 55% share, a 60% share of five on five shot attempts. You're going to see more high danger shot attempts. But I think still overall, they did a good job of keeping the most dangerous or preventing dangerous opportunities in front of Alex Lyon and Alex Lyon in his third game with the Red Wings starting continues to get better in each game. He looked really good in this one. Yeah. Even the one goal he gave up was a double doink. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? The the one goal he gave up was it, it was a, a shot that bounced off of Sider's back then off of uh, I forget who it was. One of the forwards, on the wild off of his hand and then it redirected twice and then went perfectly around lion and in the back of the net, like it was an accident. Like, uh, and that, that was the only goal against in, in this hockey game. Um, I, I thought that he looked great again and like, uh, let's keep it rolling. Like, let's keep giving him playing time, man. Like, I, I, I really don't think that this is rocket science. Like, <laughs> is he gonna, you know, maintain like this safe percentage throughout the rest of the season? No, mm. Um, but you have three goalies. Let's keep using them. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, and wow, hit a nine seventy four in this game. Like yeah. just like, you know what I mean? Just, like, saves. Keep, keep going with the with the hot hand, man. It's um, I, if if you're gonna have three, I, I think it was so ridiculous that it took this long to like actually use all three. And I'm glad that they finally are. I mean, and you can see here on the heat map that the Red Wings definitely did allow more inside right in front of Alex Lyon than they have in previous games. But overall, Dill did a very good job of kind of keeping the dangerous stuff to like the blue line or along the boards. Yeah. It didn't generate a lot of scoring attempts on There's their own. Still but, not a lot like in the high slot and like really up outside of directly in front of the net, which again, we like is obviously not awesome, but like. You, you draw a straight line from goalie, you know, to the blue line. You, uh, there's not much past that. Yeah. I mean, they, the high slot area, there's nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Low slot right in front of Huso. Obviously, there's, there's some, uh, Huso, I'm sorry, not Huso. Alex Line did face seven high danger shot attempts in this game, allowing a goal on just one of them. And that would have been, this is at five on five. And obviously, uh, Kaprizov's goal came out on the power play, but that was like right around the right circle here. And so, like, they they 
kept the Minnesota Wild shot attempts. They had 20 low danger shot attempts in this game. And so that's just to emphasize my point that they did a fantastic job of continuing to insulate the goaltending. And if you're going to be this team, Alex Line's been great. And I'm definitely not trying to kind of take away from anything that he's been doing because, I mean, he still made 37 saves in this game. He was absolutely stellar. But this is a team that just, they, they, they need to insulate their goaltending. And they've done that in the last three games, and they've made it significantly easier on their goalies to make the saves that they have to make. And to Alex Lyon's credit, I think he's been the best so far at doing this one thing, Scotty. You ready for this one thing? that Alex Lyon's been doing better than any of the other three goal, other two goalies on this roster. Preventing rebounds. And Mickey Redmond brought that up on the broadcast as well. Credit to him for pointing it out. Alex Lyon was a black hole in this game. He did not give rebounds up. And that goes so far into preventing further high-danger scoring chances. So while the Red Wings did a good job of keeping most of those opportunities to the outside or on the blue line, Alex Lyon is helping himself out by just absorbing these. Now, I don't think he's going to continue to be the best goalie in the NHL throughout the rest of the season. I think at some point he's going to hear, I don't want to say the word, but regress a little bit. Uh, but right now he has been so good for the Detroit Red Wings and you keep riding that hot hand. Yeah. Yeah, again, I don't think it's like a crazy like hot take. I think, um, I, I think you uh, you you just keep you keep using him. Obviously, Huso had a had a solid game, a good game against the Bruins as well. If you uh, you know they're going to go back to Huso, obviously that's the guy that they they plan on being the starter. And um, yeah, and and you can kind of do like a hot hand situation between uh, Reimer and and Lyon. And right now, that's should be a lot of Alex Lyon until proven otherwise. So. Um, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I thought he was good. I thought the defense was good. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Boys are buzzing. Boys are absolutely buzzing. Got Shane Gosses bear. Absolutely insane. in this one as well, four points, empty netter to seal the deal at the very end, but an assist on each of the other three goals, uh, and two, I was two of those were power play goals as well. The Red Wings score have scored six power play goals in this three game win streak. The power play is just absolutely back. They figured it out. It looks like, um, and in this one, it seems to be feed David Perron, which is basically what they did all of last year. And it worked last year. So it's working again this year. Uh, he has his 300th career goal as well. Uh, Lucas Shingas spare feeds, Lucas Raymond, Lucas Raymond makes a phenomenal move at the top of the circle to get around two defenders, feed David Perron, backdoor, just beauty of a goal. And then Dylan Larkin, that that goal, second David Perron goal would not have happened without Dylan Larkin's second effort on the faceoff. And his goal wouldn't have happened without his second effort following his own shot. So Dylan Larkin's motivation for this game or keys to this game was second efforts clearly uh, got that puck back to Shane Gossespierre, who again found David Perron for his 300th career goal. Just a lot to really like in this game, man. I'm just, I'm loving this three game win streak. I'm loving being third at the Atlantic division. I'm loving being in the thick of things, you know, over a quarter of the way into the season. Yeah. hundred percent. That's and like, look, we, this is, this is not far off from what we wanted. Like as far as uh, standings wise, right? Like we, when we think back to what you and I said, at least, you know, can't speak for everybody, but like to what you and I said, going into the season, it was like, you know, just be in the hunt, be in the thick of things. Don't, you know, no one expects this team to go out there and be, you know, like what the Bruins have done so far this season. Obviously, that was not the expectation, but 
Um, don't like fall flat on your face and fail to live up to expectations either. Like go, go out there and be, you know, one of the the teams fighting for a wild card spot, be one of those, you know, right in the thick of like the, the middle of the pack of the best division in hockey is about as, as good as we expected. And that's where they're at so far after American Thanksgiving, which is and it, and it wasn't a perfect game against the Minnesota Wild. Like I'm not in love with the fact that they got so heavily dominated from the second period on the first period. The Red Wings played really well. They played really good hockey at five on five on first on net yeah. until like 11 minutes into the game. But periods two and three, the Minnesota Wild definitely took over, and that's For why sure. they ended up with a second believe, period, especially. Yeah, like a 60% share in the five on five attempts, 54% share in the five on five attempts by the end of the game. But, you know, they just they did a really good job of taking advantage of the Minnesota Wild's weaknesses. The Minnesota Wild have the 30th team ranked save percentage in the league. Philip Gustafson's not that's been also very good. Their seventh straight loss, and I think they're 0 7 and 1 in their yeah. last eight. Yeah. Something Not like going that. Great, man. Uh, for a team that just paid some people and uh, had some decent expectations after, you know, years and years and years of being like the memeable, mediocre team, they finally get over the hump and, and have a pretty couple of pretty good seasons. And now we're, we're, they're really, really struggling. So, but also, how could you not score two power play goals against this Minnesota Wilds penalty kill? I mean, and they brought it up on the broadcast. They play a very passive penalty kill, they play yeah. the diamond, which is something I played in house hockey because it was the easiest thing to teach players. They just stand around and let you pass around the perimeter until you find a lane. Of course, they're going to have the league's worst penalty kill and the 30th ranked team save percentage when you just let teams have the puck. And yeah. I know the I know the penalty kill, you don't want to overcommit and take yourself out of position, leave a guy, you got yourself a guy short in the danger areas, but you have to learn how to pressure and when to pressure. Like this system that they're running, it's it's in the NHL is going to result in the worst ranked penalty kill, because this is a offensive minded league. So it's just, it does not, I think bode well for the current NHL that I'm not surprised in the least that this is how it ended up in this game. Red Wings knew the game plan. They knew that Minnesota wild were middle of the pack in terms of Corsi Fenwick expected goals, actual goals, all that. They just knew that if they can hold their own at five on five and then take advantage of the power play, then they would win this game. And they absolutely completed that task today. hundred percent. Yeah. Stayed the course again. Like we, we've talked about it really at lot over the last three or four games, um, just like execution of game plan. And I think that again, they started off the show with it. We'll end the show on it too. Like that. They have kind of perfectly done that over these last three games. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're already a little over 30, but real quick, JT Comfort's been amazing. Um, Dude, I love him. I, I know that. Up. Like that, I've I've been kind of a slappy, but like he's <clears throat> he's uh, he's obviously not a guy that like you put on any line. He's gonna raise the ceiling a ton, uh, but he he's a floor raiser, man. He he goes out there and he he plays sound defense. He makes good passes, like consistent good passes. And um, <clears throat> for a team that's struggling mightily in the faceoff circle this season, he gives you a little bit of that as well. Uh, I I. Cannot say enough good things about JT Confer. I think he's been a fantastic addition to this hockey team. So he and Gostaspair are second and third in points amongst free agent acquisitions in the NHL this season, only behind O'Reilly of the Nashville Predators. Yeah. So uh, JT Confer is, I this isn't updated yet, so I'm doing this math in my head, so please forgive me. But Confer with an assist in this game gives him 17 points in 20 games played. That's fourth on the team. 
uh, and Shane Gossespierre with a four-point day against the Minnesota Wild gives him 18 points in 19 games, third on the team in total points. So, I mean, those are two free agent acquisitions that have paid absolute dividends for the Detroit Red Wings so far early in the season. So I'm, you know, I was definitely super cautious or skeptical is a better word. Cautiously optimistic. Let's say that. Cautiously optimistic with the JT Comfer acquisition because of the cop had kind of burned us a little bit in the, the first year and hasn't honestly had that great of a start to this year either. Only seven points in 19 or 20 yeah. games play is not great, but. JT Comfer has been worth worth the money so far. He is the second line center we thought we were getting in an Andrew Cobb. So I've been super impressed with him. Yeah, man. I mean, he, you know, obviously he he's not gonna be like the huge goal scorer, but like out of a non-top line center, you know, how, how much how much more do you want than uh, a guy who's who's again consistently making really good passes, getting a lot of assists, playing good defense, and is one of your better face-off men. Like that's, I mean, that's that uh, when it comes to non, you know, non-top line, obviously, then you'd want him to score more. Um, but he, he is certainly very – you could do a lot worse uh, at a, as a middle six center for sure. But that's exactly it. Like you nailed it. He doesn't score a lot, so you don't really realize how much production he's actually doing. We think of him – as this defense first second line center, like he's going to be the first guy back on the back check, which he should, he's a defenseman or a center rather. And he's going to play the penalty kill, but you don't realize that he's fourth on the team in points. And then he's nearly a point per game. Like he's been so sneakily good at putting points on the point sheet. It's, it's been, it's, it's been a fun three games. (laughs) It's been a fun three games. Uh, And the last thing, very final thing, Scotty, for some reason in this game against the Minnesota wild, Moritz Sider had the least amount of minutes out of any defenseman. And I know he took three penalties in this game, so that's going to obviously play a role in the minutes he receives first the minutes his teammates receive when he's in the box. But he only came away with 16-22 in this game total. Um, the next lowest was Olimata at 17-12. So, and even before he you know, took the second and third penalty, he was well behind his peers. I wonder, I, I mean, I literally don't have an idea why this is the case, especially because he and Gosses Bear were your top pair. Um, I'm just wondering if maybe there's like, they're trying to send a message to him, like thinking that his play hasn't been up to par, but he played really good in this game against the Wild too. Like I thought he was, they, obviously the delay of game penalty, that was a really good play he made and it just went out at like knocking that puck out of out of the air, out of the slot was really good play, just went out. So it was a delay of game. Going after Hartman, I don't blame him. Whatever you're protecting to brink it after Hartman slew footed him. I don't have a problem with at least two of the three penalties he took in this game. So I don't know what the deal was if they're trying to like send a message to him, or maybe it's just like a pairing chemistry thing. I don't know. But Gostas Bear put four points and that was his partner in this game. So I don't I don't know what the deal was. Yeah, honestly, I, I think that uh I think that part of it might have just been like protecting him after that whole situation um not protecting him like physically protecting him from like stripes like protecting him from the ref <laughs> uh, i i feel like that that might maybe has something to do with it but like yeah i i i don't know if it, if it carries over into multiple games then we'll you know talk about it more but for now i kind of just take it as a game to game like that was a physical game he was one of the reasons that it was kind of physical obviously one after another player um, yeah, I, uh, I think it probably had more to do with that than anything. Also, Ruffin was making some really weak calls in this game, like some really weak calls. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a couple. And I'm not afraid to admit that. It worked out for the Red Wings a couple times. I mean, that's how they Perron got a second power play goal is on the tripping to Lucas Raymond when he... Well, yeah, Minnesota <laughs> was clearly frustrated, understandably so, yeah. on a couple of them. So, but anyways, that'll do it. We're already over time. Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball, baby. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode uh, tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Every day.